This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Yeah, I'm clapping. Are you? Happy day. We're um, talking about cars. We are. Gee, I have had uh, a whirlwind week. I've been doing some amazing car events, but I discovered something super excited about it. I'm going to talk. We're going to talk to Javier Mota uh, on the show about this today, uh, who does our Spanish, Espanol, our Auto Expert. But... Um, I discovered that the EPA is wrong. EPA? Yeah, the EPA. I knew it. Uh, they're wrong. Their numbers for the new Mercedes-Benz EQS are 350 miles on a single charge, and uh-huh. it's wrong. But it's wrong in Mercedes' favor. Oh, do tell. I do tell. Here's my math. I charge the car to 80%. Let me get a pen. Right, you want to write this down? Mm-hmm. It's, there's math involved. You want to give right, up now? Carry the five. No, Have you said I haven't five given you numbers yet. Okay. Okay, right. hang on a second. Um... The EPA numbers are 350 miles on a single charge. I charged it to 80%. Okay. And I got uh, on the dash, which Mercedes assured me the new QS software is absolutely accurate for your driving style. Mm -hmm. It showed me 333 miles at 80% charge. So take 333, divide it by 80, times it by 100, 416 miles. Dang! Yeah. 416 miles on a single charge. EPA numbers say 350. Now. Yeah, that's okay. They're conservative. I'll give it. And it's a formula. I'll give it. But it, it, that's, I'm telling you right now, that's 63 miles incorrect. That's a lot of incorrect. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole highway exit. Yeah, that's way more than 10% uh, incorrect. Yeah, it is. Uh, so that's why that's that's about fourteen percent correct, thirteen percent correct. Get it together, Mercedes. Yeah, uh, it's EPA, not Mercedes. Mercedes, oh. uh, they overperformed. So I went to Mercedes with this evidence, <laughs> and I presented it to them, and they say, uh, "We we're not disputing your evidence." I said, "Well, what about the EPA numbers?" I said, "Well." The, EPA is a formula, which we did under the government's rules. We executed the formula and presented them with the paperwork, and they signed off on it. And they said, there you go. So we did a formula that they give us to do, and that's what the formula came out to. You did a real-world test, and that's what you got. And we're not denying that your real-world test is accurate. (gasps) So that tells me that we all know the EPA numbers are wrong, and the Mercedes EQS gets better numbers. We'll discuss more with Javier Moto. Yeah, I got questions. Yeah, but I mean, Javier's, you know, our Spanish guy, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if he knows this yet. But uh, he was on the drive the day before I was, mm-hmm. and uh, he got to experience it. By the way, why you would ever buy a um, Tesla Model S <laughs> after driving <laughs> this thing, it is amazing. I mean, the da- the the screen in it mm-hmm. goes from one side of the dash to the other. Stop. It's the whole dash. It's amazing. The seats amazing. 
the the whole car is just luxury at its best. I do love me a Mercedes. And uh, it you know it tops out with the big performance version right now about 160,000, which is what you'd probably pay for a super model S. I'd gladly pay that for a Mercedes, two of them. Huh. How many of your Hyundai accents could you get for that? <laughs> I could, a whole fleet, a whole Wait, parking lot you, full? You could get 10. Yeah. I just calculated that in my head. At least 10, yeah. You could get 10. The fully loaded ones with power <laughs> windows. <laughs> no wind-up windows for you anymore. Nope. Rolling, rolling. Uh, it's it's an incredible car. And the, the only thing that Tesla kicks its backside in is 0 to 16 times. Yeah, but you know what? The That's tech cool. Is, yeah. But, I mean, how many... When you're out of light and you're next to Greg on your left, like yeah. he doesn't care. It's interesting how many people try to race me on the freeway in their cars. Like a lot of people in their Teslas, because I was in I was in Silicon Valley doing this test drive, oh. and you know that's that's Tesla country. Yeah, it's prime getting. Yeah, there's like everybody has a Tesla, but a lot of people have T tattooed on their forehead down there, oh my and gosh. um, there it's just real Tesla country, and you go down there and everybody is driving a Tesla. And so they see this incredibly new rear wheel steering, bizarre looking modern electric spaceship car. And they try to race you at lights. They take pictures out the window. You know, oh, my car's not as cool as it was last week. No. Nope. Oh, it was interesting, though. I really liked it. Um, I still like my electric car a lot. Even though I have a driveway full of test cars, you know, mm. I'm still taking my car, personal car, a lot. I got to stop. It's wonderful, though. It is. It's such a nice ride. It's like riding in a cloud. If you didn't know, if you listen to the show on a regular, you'll know, but um, I was one of the first in the country, luckily, don't know how, because I don't have any pull with anybody, to get a Ford Mark E GT, the new Mustang SUV, but I got the GT version. And uh, I've just been lathering in it. I can't tell you too. Well, I can tell you whatever I want. I guess I own it. But uh, the official embargo is Monday for Ford. Um, and I've posted a few videos, I have to say, on the Blue Cruise, which is the autonomous level two driving system. Mm-hmm. Are you, we haven't experienced that together yet, have we? No, I've, we'll just do that been, today. I've been too busy rolling around in it. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but good luck with you. <laughs> and uh, th- thanks thanks for doing that. Uh, we do have a packed show today. I mentioned already that Javier Mota is joining us. Uh, he is from our auto expert, Espanol. And he is going to talk about that Mercedes-Benz EQS. It's their... S-class of um, electric cars, I guess. It's the S-class of sedans, electric. They're all electric. There is two versions going to be sold in the United States. Interestingly enough, Mercedes now has so many different departments. So there's Mercedes-Benz, which is pedestrian cars. Okay. There's Mercedes-AMG, which is their high-performance cars. All right. There's Mercedes-EQ, which is their electric cars. And then there is Mercedes G, which is the G wagons. Why do they? Why? Why do they have to separate the family so much? Well, because they're siblings. They're all the same family, yeah. but they want their own bedrooms. Everybody wants the same amount of juice in their cup. Yeah, yeah. They want. They want. To. Jim Morrison's going to join us. Uh, he is the vice president officially, but we all see him as the head of Jeep North America. They have a new Grand Cherokee two row that they announced, and they announced a plug-in hybrid Grand Cherokee too. It looks nice. It does. They did a good job. They're just doing such a good job at Jeep. I just wish they could make a few more. 
Yeah, you know, uh, Jeep's Jeep's finishing out the, the year strong. Yeah, me. I think we'll ask Jim today, but the Jeep Wrangler four by e, which is their plug-in hybrid, does twenty-one miles on a single charge of electric, and I think the gas mileage is amazing on it. But Jim thinks it's going to be the number one plug-in hybrid in America for twenty twenty-one. Jim might be right. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out if they're still on track today. Uh, we're going to talk about the BMW M3 and the Jaguar FX. Uh, Ted Ryan joining us from Ford. We're going to talk uh, Maverick and the Model T. They have a lot in common because the Maverick is the new truck that starts under $20,000 from Ford. It is a hybrid. It's an all-wheel drive. Um, and also, uh, Andy has a top 10. Anton Warman going to join us to talk more about that EQS plus some of the cool things. And we have some top news stories for you as well. Uh, some of the funniest things that have been happening. Some bizarre news stories as well as far as uh, automotive is concerned. Running your own business, by the way, requires a lot of running around from bookkeeping to client meetings. Uh, you run it all. And by the time you need to hire, you've already run out of energy, likely, You'll need instant matches. You can get the immediately receive those, by the way, a short list of those qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description the moment you sponsor a job. According to TalentNess, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Hiring can finally run smoothly with Indeed. To learn more, just visit Indeed.com slash credit. Are you ready for today's show, Andy? I did I did my, my, my squats. Yeah, I did um, my calisthenics. Did you do your top ten? I did do my top ten. <laughs> Good, because mm -hmm. squats and calisthenics aren't going to get you through the next couple hours. Well, uh, maybe. I mean, we're going to be talking about Mercedeses and Mercedeses. Yeah, Jeepses. Jeepses. So I may have to make sure that my hip thrusters are thrusted. Yeah. And warm. Um, we did drive in today in the Toyota Corolla Hatch XSE. How did you feel about that? You know. <laughs> I really, really like the car, and I could really see myself shelling over my own real money for it. I we drive in so many cars when we come to the studio on an, on the weekend to do the show, and I noticed you had a lot of space on the passenger side. I was very, very comfy, cozy. Yeah, and it looks like something that I would look cool in going down the road. Sometimes you, I notice your knees are up against the dash, and you didn't even have to put the seat back today. Yeah, I feel like I'm in like a weird fetal position in most hatchback cars <laughs> and stuff, but not today. Really? No, that was great. That was good. It's I funny was... because I feel like I'm a, uh, in a weird fetal position most of the show. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just the way things are. I'm, I don't know. Is that wrong? That's also the car that I'm going to talk about today. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. Is that your top five, ten? Yeah, because it, I really like it. You do. I may throw money at it. Oh. As in to like get one in return. Oh. Not just like. I thought it was some kind of weird nightclub thing. I hate you. Here's money. No. <laughs> no uh, I I <laughs> hate you. Here's money. Is that yeah. how it Can you hate me a little? <laughs> if you throw money at things you hate, yeah. just hate me. Oh, man. Really? No, I, I can't. I don't hate you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there's plenty, plenty to go around. By the way, if you enjoy the show and you want to read about uh, brand new cars, trucks, SUVs, all the latest stuff that's happening as far as tech, infotainment, and the new vehicles coming onto the market, there are articles, lots of them. I was going to say millions, but there's probably not quite that many. There's lots of articles at OurAutoExpert.com. Plus this show, uh, the podcast version of it is online. You can hear it regularly. I think we have about 170 episodes now at OurAutoExpert.com, plus the videos from our TV appearances and more. Stand by. Here's more show.
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. In the studio with me today, Automatic Andy, and joining us on the phone, Javier Mota. You will find all of his videos at OurAutoExpert.com under the Espanol title. You can go watch his videos, and he just recently posted a couple of videos about the Mercedes-Benz EQS, their brand new S-Class electric vehicle. So, Javier, what were your initial impressions of driving the vehicle in Silicon Valley? Hi, Nika. How are you, Andy? All good. Um Actually, I think the car is very, very impressive, as uh, typical with Mercedes when they launch a new version of the S-Class, and this is what it is. A little bit different from the regular S-Class, but they just throw everything they have in their technology department into the car, and uh, as impressive as it is, it's a little bit intimidating, I think, um, because it's not only the the technology of... uh, of, of the car itself in terms of uh, the, the screens to begin with, uh, 58 inches of screen in the whole front console. Uh, and then it's an electric car. So it was very impressive. And I, I don't know, um, I think it will take a while to learn how to use all of that. Yeah. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, it's challenging because you just get uh, the surface of it. I do. I want to tell you a little bit about something we discovered that was very interesting. Um, first of all, it charges from from 10% to 80% in just 31 minutes on a level 2 250 kilowatt charger, which is super impressive. But um, the EPA numbers are 350 miles on a single charge. For the for their uh, front wheel drive. Yes, for the uh, three uh, for the 450 um, version of the vehicle. So I drove the 450. I charged it up to 80% and it showed me on the dash 333 miles. So I did a little math and um, I divided 333 by 80 times it by 100 and got 416 miles. And I took this evidence to Mercedes and said, this shows that your vehicle should do under my driving styles, which I can tell you is quite aggressive, should do 416 miles. And the head of Mercedes Engineering says, you are not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's what say. a lot of manufacturers are doing. I think they low-balling the, the, the range so people don't get disappointed. And uh, I heard the same story with uh, the Porsche Taycan, for example, that they deliberately don't want to pro- overpromise, and they want people to get surprised like, like you did. Yeah, um, so I, I think you're going to get over 400 miles. I mean, in the, in the European cycle... It'll do somewhere um, over 450 miles on a single charge, but they calculate their numbers completely differently. Yeah. Um, on our so, cycle, uh, it's a, at least 100 less. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to bet that you're going to get around 400, um, 400 miles on a single charge of this vehicle. And, yeah, and that was more or less uh, what we heard before the EPA certification came official. That it was going to be around 400, but again, I think the manufacturers are being very cautious. They don't want to disappoint anybody, so they're they're going with a low number and just let people get surprised with what they can get. The the all-wheel drive, the Formatic, the official name for for all-wheel drive for Mercedes, gets 300, but again, when it was fully charged, it showed 365 miles of range, so which is much 
higher than they 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 calculate like at least 20 more miles but again like with the, all the electric cars it's very difficult to calculate that uh it, because it, it depends on the weather on the conditions on your style as you mentioned in your case and, and my case too i have to say uh but it's a very impressive car i think it has uh, again like a lot of technology. One that annoyed me a little bit, and I really asked about it. It was I don't know if it happened to you, but for example, I was driving, and then sometimes on the dashboard, the message will come up and say, "Please adjust your seat until you see six green dots on the instrument cluster." Oh, and honestly, I didn't know what it was, and uh, I have the tendency to lay back at the seat and like sometimes put my hand on top of the steering wheel, Gangsta like one hand, style. like, are you doing something else? Yeah, Miami is married, if you right. want to call it. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> but apparently, there's so many cameras in the car looking at you and making sure that you're looking onto the road that the car thinks that I'm, like, either falling asleep or, like, fell asleep already or, like, oh. looking at something else. So the car is asking you to drive in a very specific way uh, uh, the, the both hands of the steering wheel ten to ten, ten ten. Yeah. And uh, and and I don't really like that because it's like a German engineer telling me how I should drive. It's like so your it, yeah. It's like having your mom next to you. Well, yeah. But in this case, my German mom. Which yeah. Is <laughs> your German mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so I mean, again, there's a lot of I mean uh, a lot of technology. Uh, those screens are really really amazing and. Uh, they claim that they don't really consume that much energy, but like it's basically the whole front console of the car. Yeah, and uh, and the, the 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 resolution, the the, the quickness of, of uh, any movement, anything that you do with it, it's really amazing. Yeah, I think they're gonna do good with this car. Um, obviously, it's not for everybody. It's over a hundred thousand dollars for their for the four fifty plus, and then. Um, but well, it, it's, it's I mean, they have their customers, right? Yeah, it's. I think the quality. When I look at a Tesla um, Model yeah, S, yeah. which is this sort of goes up against, and it's about the same price. It's not. It's not crazy. If you were yeah, to, no. you know, kit out a Model S the same sort of way, and it's much more luxurious, and of course, it has much more tech. So I need a Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. of course. Um, your videos. So, your videos are up online, right? Yeah, absolutely. I have a long one in Spanish, like 20 minutes, trying to explain everything. And honestly, I, I'm not that good at explaining everything. It's like, again, it's so much technology. I did an interview with uh, Christoph Sarkinski, I'm sorry, who is the vice president of Proto Global Electric Vehicle Architecture for Mercedes Benz. So basically, the new boss at Mercedes Benz because they're going full electric. And, uh, and uh, he explains it much better. I have a, a link to that also there. Good. So if you if you want to really understand it from the people who build it, uh, you you should go there and listen to him. It's, I mean, like really really interesting and and bringing it down to at least my level of expertise, which is very low, uh, so I can understand it. So I think that again, it's, you have to learn and you yeah. have to get yeah. into the new era. Yeah. This is changing, and yeah. I think this year has been like the speaking the, the, the point. So I recommend everybody to go to ourautoexpert.com and watch Javier's videos because they're great. All right, we're out of time. Javier, love you. I'll see you soon. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. 
Welcome back to our Auto Expert. This is uh, TikTok, is one of our homes. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and of course, all social media platforms. Just start a conversation with us, ask us a car question. You can direct messages at our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Our Auto Expert in the studio today with uh, Automatic Andy. It's me. Um, I like me a bit of Jeep. Yeah. Yeah, Jeep, you know, it's that's where you just get you get in a Jeep and it can go anywhere, pretty much anywhere. Um, my I have been on some great off roading adventures with Jeep and I have a little test I do with all Jeeps. And that is if I can't get out and walk the trail, mm-hmm. it, I must be driving a Jeep. Uh, yeah. Because we've been up and down some rock faces, we've been up and down some hills, we've been in some mud where I I couldn't do it myself. I need I need climbing ropes to get up and down it. Well, I'd probably <laughs> do that in an escalator in a mall, but I need climbing ropes, and uh, and there's just no trouble. In fact, when we uh, when Jeep launched the Wrangler four by e. Um, Jim Morrison and I from Jeep, Jim took me, uh, when everybody went sort of back to the hotel, we put it in, uh, in electric only mode and silently went up this big giant rock, the other side of where we were driving. And it was amazing to go quietly up this rock. It's, it's Jeep magic. What do you mean yeah. you went rock climbing quietly? Yeah. Well, but because it's electric only. So it's quietly. You know what? If they'd had these in the war when Jeep was transporting our troops to the front line, the enemy would never have known we were coming. I'm just saying. It would have been a silent attack. That's true. Uh, Anyway, Jeep are not letting up. They have been uh, announcing and announcing and announcing, and there are new vehicles again on the way. Um, And Jim uh, was at, uh, uh, you were there in uh, Moab to uh, do some driving with them as well, weren't you, Jim? You announced two more vehicles, the Grand Cherokee Two-Row and the uh, Grand Cherokee 4xe. Will you ever stop announcing new vehicles? Yeah, it doesn't seem like this year, uh, you know, we just keep rolling. And uh, a lot of uh, really cool things going on at Jeep. And uh, thankfully, you've been, you know, a part of it along the way, too. And a lot of uh, really cool things you know, happening in our 80th year. It's the 80th anniversary of Jeep. And you know, oh. we're bringing, you know, a new, uh, a new Jeep to market almost uh, every other month. So uh, a lot going on at Jeep, for sure. So there is, and I need you to put this, uh, this vicious rumor to rest, uh, there is apparently video out there of you, supposedly you, driving uh, the, the new vehicle up Lionsback. Um, and, and I said, was that really Jim? And they're like, yep. Jim drove right up Lionsback in Moab. So was that you driving the new vehicles up Lionsback? Yeah, you know, it was. It was, and, and we didn't really even slow down to think about it until afterwards. And someone said, well, you know, was the ambulance there? Did you have you know, extra insurance on them and all that kind of stuff? And we're like, no, we just went wheeling. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we brought some drones and we brought some, some people and, and to take some video. And, and uh, I have to tell you, the all-new Grand Cherokee was the star. It was, uh, it was just phenomenal. I think it, uh, if, no, if no one's ever seen it, you have to go online and just Google um, Lions Back and just look at that because uh, it's just almost, it almost looks like you couldn't, you, you'd need climbing gear to get up there. It's an, an amazing rock face and uh, in, people drive up it and you did it in a Jeep, which is just pretty incredible. So tell me about the new two row. How does it differ from the three row and, and also about the four by E? Because this is the first time that uh, Grand Cherokee is going to have a four by E, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, everyone kind of knows, you know, Grand Cherokee as the, uh, as the vehicle that's two rows, very capable, you know, has been the most ordered SUV ever. And, and, uh, earlier this year, we expanded the lineup for Grand Cherokee to include the three row, which we call L. So, you know, all new, you know, first new Grand Cherokee edition since uh, 2010. And, uh, for the first time we put a three row in it, it, it still needed to be very capable. And I think, You'll remember as we crawled up the little sluice at, um, you know, at our Chelsea Proving Grounds here in Michigan, people were at awe that uh, this three-row vehicle was was very capable. And, and honestly, that's why it took us a bit longer to come to market with a three-row um, because uh, it needed to be a true Jeep first. So, you know, we're well into uh, you know our third month of sales for um, you know for the new Grand Cherokee L, and it's doing well. It's actually helping us set records. I think we had the best third uh, quarter ever for uh, for Grand Cherokee sales. So. You know, when you look back all the way to 1992 to make that comparison, it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty solid comparison, and uh, I think signs of more things to come. But, you know, I think it was really cool that uh, you, that you took notice of the the lines back uh, drive because we needed to kind of one up how we introduced the three-row Grand Cherokee with uh, with the media and you guys, and and uh, to show that it was even more capable than uh, than that. And you know, people come to expect. You know, Grand Cherokees are the most capable and and we needed to take it to its natural environment. So, you know, our friends out of Moab were able to uh, open up lines back for us temporarily. It's been closed for like 10 or 15 years. So right. it's the first time anything all electric has ever gone up. It, and uh, and like you said, uh, it's wow. it's just incredible. You, you can actually check it out on Jeep.com. We've got a few clips of it there. It sounds like a little bit of a shameless marketing plug, but um, <laughs> but, it, but it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't so, care uh, where you go to see the footage. It's just pretty incredible. And I, I think if you search online too, there was plenty of pictures of vehicles that didn't make it wrecked at the bottom <laughs> of the side. Uh, so, you know, just to know that you made it up and, and back safely is just a blessing on its own. Uh, the fact that, uh, the, you know, the Grand Cherokee um, 4xe just, just sailed up and back. That's, that's, that's great. How much did you sweat, by the way? Did they have to wipe the seat down after you got back? Yeah, you know, it was there's some pretty uh pretty crazy spots that uh yeah, there was there was some cleaning involved, but the uh um you know, <laughs> the, the uh, I, I trust my life that the Jeep Jamboree guys, Pearson and gang were there and and um you know, we uh um we we had, we had good help knowing exactly where to place every uh every inch of the Jeep and and but like I said, the Jeep was the star. It, it actually did it very very easily and you know, we cranked it up to off-road too. You know, had 11 inches of ground clearance, and um, you know, and just uh, and just cranked it up. I mean, when you when you put it all the way up, um, and you've got a uh, you know a 36 degree approach angle, you can climb just about anything, and that's what uh, and that's what we did. I like the idea that uh, we had a discussion. Um it was a very loud discussion uh, when we had the doors and the roof off on the on the Wrangler 4 e drive. But one of the things that I really wanted to see was I wanted to see Jeeps squaring up a little more because there were so many SUVs out there that got uh, were getting very rounded um, wind tunnel designs. And, and this it really makes me happy to see the new, uh, especially the Trailhawk edition of the Grand Cherokee, because it's it's gone back to that much more square aggressive the lights got thinner it, it, it sort of became that menacing look that i just love so much about the wrangler and uh, the, you know now the grand cherokee has m so much more of a menacing look and you, you know the design department did a great job on the outside of this yeah you know we need to say uh, thanks to mark allen and his team because you know think of 
form from function all the way back to 1941 is really what drove or have driven all of the kind of the designs. And, and you're right that sometimes the, the egg shape wins because it looks good in, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a wind tunnel. Uh, but like I said before, this needed to be a true Jeep. And, and, you know, one of the cool things about our air suspension is it can crank us, you know, all the way up um, to off-road too and give us, you know, great, um, um, you know, great ground clearance, but it also can hunker down at speeds and make the Jeep uh, slippery in the wind. And, you know, that's what we've done. So you can, uh, you can kind of sneak along at speed. It actually lowers the center of gravity when you push it in the corners. It actually is, a, you know, a real fun-to-drive vehicle as well. And, uh, you know, some good some good Jeep four-wheel drive technology works for fuel economy as well. Yeah, and looking at fuel economy, uh, somewhere around 57 miles a gallon out of the PHEV uh, for, for the uh, for the plug-in uh, 4xe. Uh, when that comes to market, uh, around 25 miles of all electric range. Uh, are we still on target to see the Wrangler 4xe uh, break some records for the end of this year? Oh, you know, it's it's tracking nicely, you know, and and uh, and and really uh, well on track to be uh, America's you know number one selling uh, plug-in hybrid. And I don't think uh, you know people expected uh, you know Jeep to sneak up and take that title, but uh, but it's it's you know like you and I have experienced. It's it's a great Jeep, you know, the new Wrangler Four by E, and and when you drive around it in all electric mode with the doors off and the top off, man, there's nothing else even close. Uh, to it in the marketplace, and and uh, it's doing very well. Get some uh, some new customers, you know, coming uh, to Jeep, and and uh, we, we've got some uh, familiar customers, you know, trading in their uh, their gas engine uh, Wranglers for the 4xe, and and uh, you know, the nice thing is we're making a lot of people smile and and uh, and wave at the same time as you know if you're in a Wrangler. Yeah, the local Jeep dealer called me and asked me if I'd come and do a video with him on the new uh, 4xe, and uh, I drove over there to do it with him. And when I got there, one of his salesmen had sold the last one, <laughs> so <laughs> so we couldn't do it. So that's how popular they are. Uh, Jim, when are we going to see these in market, and uh, and when are we going to get to test drive them? You know, the um, the new Turo uh, or the uh, the traditional Grand Cherokee is coming into marketplace um, in uh, in November. And uh, so we'll see that before the end of the year. And then uh, we'll be driving the new uh, 4xe um, Grand Cherokee first of next year. So look forward to, you know, the product news continuing even into its 81st year. Wow. Uh, lots of, uh, lots of uh, good things coming uh, for us to talk about with Jeep. It's absolutely never-ending, and thank you for doing what you do because uh, you just bring excitement to all of us, some of the best off-road vehicles that I've ever driven, and uh, I'm going to watch the video again and again right now in the commercial break. Jim Morrison uh, is the guy who has everything Jeep at his fingertips, the brand-new Jeep Grand Cherokee two-row and the 4xe. If you want to know more, you can just go to ourautoexpert.com, read the story, uh, see the videos at jeep.com, and you might be encouraged now to start uh, thinking about getting one because I think they're going to be super popular as you've seen with the Wrangler 4xe as well because it's hard to get hold of one. Jim, thanks. We'll talk soon. There is more Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast. Many more streamers online. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and ourautoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily, along with uh, Automatic Andy. Yeah, it's, it's, 
It's me today. Hey, yeah, you're uh, you're producing, uh, you're juggling, you're uh, you're pushing keys, and I'm churning butter. Oh, <laughs> that's what that was. Mm-hmm. I was just bemused by why your hand was in some big milk jug, but now I know. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal. Some uh, in, during the break, we uh, we were going to talk. Uh, we decided we we're going to talk about some cars we've driven: the uh, Jaguar XF um, and the uh, BMW M. Three and uh, M4, and uh, we just went back and refreshed ourselves and looked at some pictures of the vehicles uh, to remind ourselves of the beautiful test drives we took. And you were looking at the pictures that we took of the uh, XF's interior, and you, you were reminding yourself of how beautiful it was. I just remember when you came and picked me up in it, and how you got you didn't get mad at me, but you looked at me weird because I immediately started touching stuff, <laughs> and I had just eaten a ham sandwich. Yeah, but you know when you touch the dash the white leather dash and then you lick your fingers that's a bit weird well you know you say tomato i say potato and (laughs) i want i want to know i mean what a better way to uh, like a decision making tool does this how does the leather taste if i I don't think this is how america car shops buddy Mm, so i beg to differ because when i bought my hyundai i was biting the dash because (laughs) that's what that is if you get i thought it was like Oh, okay. You and bite the dash. Your face oh. slams into it. What would your last meal to taste like? <laughs> leather or genuine leather? Like uh, I want a real slab of beef. You, you scare me a lot. I have to tell you first of all that if your seatbelt fits correctly and you have an airbag, you shouldn't be tasting the dash at all. <laughs> Just telling you. If it, <laughs> you have a Hyundai, I think you're probably safe enough. If I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm super safe. Um. I love the fact that Jaguar now have started to uh, do a lot of cool stuff in their vehicles. You know, the shifters in some of their vehicles resemble a British cricket ball. I like that a lot. I like that way better than the options for different cars that will remain unnamed. Yeah. But it feels like a lot more is going on when you take it from drive to reverse. <laughs> like you're playing cricket? Yeah. Uh, it's The interior is highly refined. It's really nice. Um, the new infotainment system actually has a Qualcomm chip. You know, Qualcomm are based in San Diego. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, uh, PV Pro is the is the name of the system. Yeah, I have a hard time remembering it, but it definitely works well. Yeah, here we are. Um, it. I am impressed with everything, not only how remarkable the exterior, especially they have that new black package where everything's darkened on the exterior of their mm-hmm. vehicles, which... I've been doing at aftermarket stores for a long time, making everything look, you know, blackening out my paintwork, my chrome work, having it darkened and mm-hmm. my wheels. But now it seems to be, you know, a gloss black finish everywhere, the gra- the, the, the grill being darkened. That, that seems to be the hot thing. Even my Mustang Mark E has a black grill. Yeah, you've been doing that, though. Yeah. Um, I wonder if black wheels. Do you think I should paint my Mustang's wheels black? Yeah, I was thinking about that—the dichotomy of the white and black—and then the yeah, I think that they be call because because it's my Mustang Marquee is is the trico, the star white with the trico, and they but call it the stormtrooper version. It, I know why it looks just like it. Uh, let's go back to this this all-wheel drive. Um, this Jaguar, the performance. Uh, by the way, did you know that Jaguar started making motorcycle sidecars? Hold that, on. Motorcycle sidecars. Yeah, that's specifically. what specifically. Specifically, that's not how the like, company. Not the not the bike. No, that's how they started. The, the name of the company originally was Swallow. Get oh yeah. 
we'll get in. Uh, they've transformed the exterior and the interior, of course, uh, for, for this year. But uh, the exterior design is really taking inspirations from the F-Type, which, of course, is their sports car. Ultra slim all LED, those all LED quad headlights with a double J blade, which is their daytime running lights as well. Uh, new elements on the XF, I think, that, that I'm impressed by, at least uh, just little details on the exterior of the car, sort of inspired by heritage, the grille, the headlights, the, the depth, the luxury, the really unprecedented uh, attention to detail. And of course, the leapling emblem. You would, it wouldn't be a Jaguar without the leaping cat. Uh, the mesh grille design, the diamond detailing and influenced by the Jaguar's heritage to their logo, um, the black exterior package, which I think the stealth package. The trouble is the stealth package doesn't stop you getting speeding tickets. No, that is a proven fact for sure. Um, I, I think when they mean stealth, I, I wish there was a stealth package that actually deflected police radar or police in lasers. I just want a button to push. <laughs> stealth mode, engage. Yeah, where the wheels fold underneath and it takes off like a jet. Mm, no, I'm being realistic. Now you're living in Batman for yeah, movies. Yeah, I just I just want to be able to be invisible. Uh, right. Uh the all-wheel drive is always great, of course, um, in those vehicles. But I, you know, the the feeling of that sort of rear-wheel drive push of the vehicle is just absolutely amazing. When you when you tap it's it, like, <clears throat> yeah, tap it. I mean, it it goes, it moves, it plants itself on the road. Uh, there's nothing like a Jaguar, and you know now that they have the F Pace, which is their SUV, their first SUV, that outsold all of their cars. Really? Yeah, it's I believe it. it's super popular. And then you get the SVR versions of their sports car, of their, 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 of their sports cars and their SUV. I mean, that is, that's where you get insane horsepower out of these vehicles and uh, they just go at insane speeds. Um, the, even the navigation system is unbelievable with a sort of the whole mapping system um, is great with a sort of 3D perspective. I have not found another luxury car that I find the mapping system so pleasant in, especially getting directions of it. So many times they seem like, hey, we're 1984 mapping system. But at least, uh, and of course, liking the fact that American-made uh, chip from Qualcomm, That's know, a, or American like design that. chip at least. I'm not sure it's made here, but it's designed in America, San Diego. Yeah, well done, Diego. What could be more American than where uh, the Navy bases are? Ooh. Yeah, nice. San Diego. Yeah, that's, that's what it. I like. Uh, I've enjoyed driving it. We're going to, uh, you know, 446 horsepower in the two liter um, four cylinder and then 496 horsepower in the turbocharged uh, version of that as well uh, in the R. And the SE is uh, 246 horsepower. Just like it an awful lot. Um, I would tell you that uh, Jaguars may be in my future, but there you have it. Uh, we ran out of time in this segment to talk about the um, M3, but uh, that BMW is definitely a performance car I would want in my garage as well. Because I like, I have the M4 440i convertible, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the M3, I would say, is probably something else from BMW. M the M3 and the M4 are probably the BMWs that I would have as a daily driver. You know, fun fact, in those cars are the first cars I got cat called in. Oh, mm -hmm. all right. Yeah. I want to see who did it. <laughs> so? All right. More Our Auto Expert on the way.
You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from Northwest and Southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Here Hi. I am. How are you doing, buddy? Good. I came in. Um, I came in to do the radio show today, enthusi- enthusiastic about cars. Yeah, well, that's that's a good start because cars there are the backbone of today's society. Yes, and that's how Americans get around, and they have done for hundreds of years. By the way, um, did you see the footage I shot with a new drone? Yes, Nick. Stop it, everyone listening at home. Nick has now added another thing to his under his belt of uh, genius moves. The drone, we have a, a new drone that actually follows you. So we can drive the car, and the drone actually follows the car. It's so cool. I did it around the neighborhood. Oh, I was worried I would lose it. But the, it was interesting to see what happened when it came up on trees, right? Yeah, it was the evasive maneuvers that are built into the drone are quite impressive. Yeah, and suddenly it'll do a shoot here, a shoot there, and yeah. You know, inadvertently, it kind of makes for cool shots when it does that. Yes, when it skips around uh-huh. trees, it goes really fast. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm actually scared of it when it goes really fast. It's I wouldn't I don't know how you how you you drove and did that by yourself man I would have uh, been a nervous wreck I was watching the phone and driving I've had a phone holder up front probably but I had it in my hand All right we won't talk about that because that would be inappropriate right Maybe for a later time <laughs> uh, Last week I went to Nashville and drove the new Ford Maverick which is their brand new truck smaller than the Ranger it's the smallest truck in Ford's lineup. Of course, Ford, well-known for building their trucks. They have the number one selling uh, brand of trucks, the F-Series in North America. Um, already well over half a million of those sold in uh, 2021, uh, on track to be the number one seller in the United States. But the new Maverick comes in underneath the Ranger, a smaller truck starting at under $20,000 and available at that starting price in a hybrid welcoming into the show today our friend, and he joins us on a regular basis to talk about all things Ford um, because we're also interested in Fords as well. Ted Ryan is here. He is the Archive and Heritage Brand Manager for Ford. But we wanted to have you on, Ted, to talk a little bit uh, about uh, Maverick because initially Maverick's offering price is... If you do some math, which is far beyond me because I can do high school math, but not the uh, calculation math, it's actually uh, a little less expensive or is a little more expensive than the Model T was when that was offered uh, back in the day when Model T came to market. That was the sort of introductory price. Am I, am I right in doing that math? Uh, it's a little bit less expensive than the, the Model T, and, and you know one of the trademarks on the Model T and, and oh, Ford in general is that. we've always had these great entry level vehicles. You know the Model T came in at eight hundred and fifty dollars, where most of the cars of that era were selling at around two thousand. So uh, very affordable car. And so with the Maverick, my team did a little work on the inflation calculator, and I'm horrible at math too. I'm a historian, but thank God the internet has that inflation calculator thing. <laughs> and we, put it, we put in the price of a Model T, and son of a gun, if it wasn't a little bit more expensive than we knew that the Maverick was going to be. So we, we let the PR team know and uh, uh, get to celebrate that. I personally, I love the Maverick. I've driven the Maverick. Uh, I have a son that is graduating college in May, and he's already said, Dad, you know, Maverick would be a perfect entry-level car for a 
recent college graduate, so uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to have one in, uh, in, the, in the family driveway. In the I don't know. Every, every, everybody is very excited <laughs> about it. I got uh, I got people from uh, from 14 year olds all the way up to people going, "Why am I spending you know forty five thousand dollars on a on a used truck when I could be buying a Maverick. And, and there's so many layers to the Maverick as well, as well as an introductory price on the base model of uh, under $20,000 before you start adding on uh, delivery and taxes and that sort of thing. You, you know, Ford have also offering different levels of the Maverick, uh, allowing people to do different things. So what I mean by that is you, if you want to do stuff with your Maverick, like you want to build your own bike rack, they give you QR codes in the back, which allow you to scan those QR codes and find out how to build your own bike rack where you can buy the wood yourself from your local hardware store and do it for pennies on the dollar. Or you can go to uh, for, you know, the aftermarket uh uh, department at Ford and buy yourself a Yakima bike rack or a Yakima roof rack. Plus, I love the fact that you guys are doing stuff like you put little holders in there and people can use their 3D printers now to make cup holders and to make cable ties and to make things like that in the back. So if you want to make it yourself, if you want to build it yourself, you can do it. If you want to DIY the truck yourself or if you want to buy the stuff. And I'm sure back in the day there wasn't an accessory package for the Model T either, wasn't there? <laughs> no, uh, windshields were an accessory package for the Model T. And, uh, <laughs> and I, we'll say in the Model T's defense of that by the time Henry Ford perfected the assembly line, we got the price of the Model T down to about $250. And we had one coming off the line every 32 seconds. So the, the price did drop. My favorite feature of the Maverick, and it's, it, it, it shows that our marketing people knew what they were designing for, it has uh, uh, holders and the door for water bottles. Yeah. Because with the new Gen Zs and Gen Ys, you know, they're walking around with the water bottles uh, more so than the cup holders uh, uh, for the supersized uh, meal. So it's got a water bottle holder and a yeah. tablet holder, and yeah. uh, it's it's a I, you know it's a fun ride. And I'm 100 percent with you because uh, the the top trim line I believe is just around twenty five thousand uh, with with duded out with everything on it. And that, you get a whole lot of truck uh, for $25,000. And I was talking to one of the marketing people. He said, can you imagine you're a young contractor just getting started with a painting business or, or a construction business. Now Ford has given you an affordable means to enter that market and have a durable Ford-built tough pickup truck to help you with your work. Yeah, I mean, especially in inner cities, uh, if, you're, if you're working somewhere where you don't need a huge, big uh, Ranger or F-150 even, you can use something smaller to get in and out of inner cities and uh, very fuel efficient as well. 40 miles a gallon out of that hybrid is uh, ridiculous. Uh, it, it's just uh, unbelievable. Up to 500 miles on a tank of gas for, yeah. a, uh, for a pickup truck and for a young entrepreneur, young contractor, uh, you know, we're helping you save money and get uh, get to your job site. And it's comfortable, I have to say, too. Plus, you could use it for your, uh, you know, things like the flex bed for your uh, trips out, camping beds, those type of things. Even do your own DIY lighting in the back as well. I mean, there is so much this truck. A lot of times drive uh, supercars, sports cars, uh, incredible cars that are $170,000, $150,000. People stop, want to take pictures, want to talk about it. But as many people wanted to stop and talk about the, the brand new Maverick, uh, just because it is such 
a different kind of approach. Uh, people getting excited about it as well. And even the fact that it can be a hybrid. And by the way, uh, I think we did a calculation. 18 water bottles is what you can get into the into the back of the Maverick or into the Maverick. Uh, there's enough places for 18 different water bottles to be held, which is great, I think, if you utilize all of the spaces. And on top of that, I think that I, I really like, Ted, is the fact that uh, the, the Maverick is this vehicle that utilizes um, as much as uh, nature. There's a lot of recycled materials in it as well. You did a great job at Ford. It, it, it is a fantastic vehicle. I've uh, been working on and off that with the Maverick team. And that was a new approach to designing a vehicle. It was a white space vehicle and they pulled together uh, people from different uh, areas within Ford to all come together and uh, dream what a, what a pickup truck could be for the new generations and uh, all the different attributes, you, you know, the DYIing, the water bottles, the, the hybrid, the low entry level costs, all of that was thought out ahead of time. I've got one other entry-level vehicle for you. Uh, most people don't realize it, but the Mustang uh -huh. uh, at 2600 20, that was an entry-level tune. Wow. You run that through the inflation calculator, it's right in at that $20,000 mark for the Maverick. Wow. So Ford, Ford has this long tradition with the T and the Mustang, and the, uh, the original Maverick was a, was a low-cost vehicle in, in the 70s, all the way up till today, giving uh, newer customers and, and entry-level vehicles, but a quality one at the same time. I love the fact that, too, you know, it used to be all about uh, these high-gloss colors and, and how many metal flakes you could get in it and all of these incredibly bizarre sort of paint finishes. And now the vehicles that everybody's running after are these just simple, like, grays and cactus gray and area 51 and these sort of army green and sand colors. Uh, those are the colors that seem to be... Uh, the taste of the future for everybody is we, we've gone back to a much simpler life. It is an endeared one. I've seen a couple of bright orange Broncos too. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. there are some bright colors out. My son got a area 51 for his latest car and I'm, I've got color envy because my current vehicle is white and I look at his area 51 in the driveway and I'm like, shoot, I should have gotten that color. <laughs> uh, I, I do. I do like the, 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 the newer colors uh, do, it feels generational. It's a generational shift back towards uh, the more muted, but but you still get some bright ones in there. It's interesting that uh, I ordered my Mustang Mach-E GT, which I got a couple of uh, weeks ago in white because uh, the bright colors for me were great to see the vehicle launched in, but I'm not sure I could wake up every day and drive a bright, uh, you know, a bright red or bright blue or bright, bright orange vehicle. I wanted white because uh, I might have wanted to change it and uh, white is the sort of color where you can live with forever. So with your, with your Mach-E, are you a one-pedal or a two-pedal um, The first two weeks I've been driving the GT in, uh, in unabridged, uh, sorry, unbridled uh, with, the, with the unbridled, uh, everything I could get on it. So um, I'm also not getting the range I probably should get finally, but um, we'll, we'll see how it balances out. I should see if I can get out of the GT, if I can get 260 miles, which is uh, 250, yeah, 60 miles, which is what I should get on the performance edition. Um, if, if after a few weeks I go back to driving it in normal mode, but right now I'm just slamming it down. So, uh, Ted is really great to talk to you. Uh, check out the new uh, Ford Maverick. You can uh, see it on Ford.com or see our video on our order expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert.
Nation, you can hear all past shows, Our Auto Expert videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. Automatic Andy is here with a top top 5, top 10, top 100. I got top a bajillion. Top of a bajillion. There's so many to talk about. How many is a bajillion? Um, 10. <laughs> 10. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm glad we just downgraded the bajillion to 10. Uh, Andy, you're doing it about a car that we've been driving all week, which is um, maybe the perfect car for automatic Andy. I really like it. I didn't think I would fall in love with a hatchback because I didn't feel... Why? So, so why not a hatchback? Because I find hatchbacks to be adorable, fast. I mean, they are really wagons with a sexy, sporty... You know, uh, trunk area, you know, hatch, hatch. I think the hatchbacks. I, I feel kind of like you're describing me too. Oh, you're. Uh, I have a sexy hatchback. You do. Mm-hmm. What part of you is the ha- is the hatch? I don't have much of a hatchback, but <laughs> the little one that I do, it's nice. No, like you have a cute hatch. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we've been driving the Toyota Corolla hatchback and then the XSE version, which is Toyota's sort of sexy, sporty, top trim level. It is. It's so nice. Um, it The color, first of all, it's in this sort of very dark blue, metallic, um, almost Knight Rider-ish color. It's the color of the night. Yes. A midnight dark blue, if you will. Uh, so, all right, Andy, why don't you take away your uh, your top things that you like about the Toyota Corolla H uh, XSE hatchback. I I would like our our fellow people to know that there's you can get three different kinds. The the normal the SE if you're on a budget and then the SE nightshade edition when you got a little bit more money and then the XSE when you're fully balling out of control. The uh the nightshade edition that's all blacked out version. That's when you would go to Star Wars parties. You'd be very cool. I'd you could wear in. your costume in the car. Yes, and it'd be fine. I would call it Darth Vader. Oh, that would be, yes. That would be the perfect Darth Vader, you know. You see how cool that would look parked in your driveway next to your stormtrooper? Yeah. Would you, is it weird to uh, play Star Wars music when you're dressed as Darth Vader on the way to a Star Wars party in your Toyota Corolla hatchback SE Nightshade Edition? Ah, that's either really dedicated or a little too much. I don't know. Yeah, you probably don't have many friends, but carry on. I don't. (laughs) No, I Uh, mean, if you did that. Oh, right. Yeah, if you did that, you wouldn't have any. Um, It also comes in a six-speed intelligent manual transmission, also called the IMT. Right. It does things a lot better than... It's not even comparable, and it already does things better than the Porsche. I'll get back to that. Oh. Remember remember the transmission yeah. and how it's intelligent. Yeah. We're going to come back to that. All right. It has a 2-liter, 168-horsepower D-O-C-H... Excuse me, D-O-H-C engine, which means I'm going to go really heckin' fast. <laughs> uh, it is nippy off of the line, I will tell you, from It'll driving it. It'll get down it. there. Yeah, it's, uh, but it has low weight as well, so that's why it's nippy. Also, how you describe me. You can also turn <laughs> off... weight nippy? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That could be seen as cold, but all right, go. You can turn off the electric auto brake feature. You know what that means? No, tell me. You can drift your problems away. (sighs) Haven't we not been drifting our problems away? I specifically didn't show you where the button is. (laughs) Can we do that on the way home? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we got here safe. 
Uh, you know how much trouble I'd be if I drifted into the parking space outside the house? Ooh, too fast, too furious. Yes, too sleeping in the lounge. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... Nick, guess what? There's an automatic rev matching feature. Okay. So it allows the car to quickly and accurately match the RPMs for an easy downshift while you're braking. Right. The thing that they did right, Nick, is they put a physical button for this just behind the paddle shifters. I've seen it. Um, and it allows you to turn this feature on and off. So remember when I said how the they did it better than Porsche? Yes. Well, Porsche does this, but uh, it's on by default. And okay. turning it off means you have to put it in a specific drive mode. Yes. And even then, you have to find a hidden control that's yes. underneath something and around mm. the corner. And mm. no thanks. I'm short of breath already. Paddle shifters, Nick. All right. Um, that means you can go way quicker. All right. Uh, wearable. You can decide where it is. Yeah. Where, where the gears are. That's why I like paddle shifters. Even an automatic. You know, you can decide. I mean, even in a CVT transmission, you can get paddle shifters, but you can decide where the engine is and has a real first gear in a CVT. All right, sorry, Karen, you only need wearable. The, the first and six gears. I've been told. <laughs> uh, Nick, wearable connectivity. Okay. So you can put an app and the things on your on like your watch or your phone. Yeah. You can start and unlock your car. All right. You can turn on all the jams. Okay. Um, and the way I see, I seen the picture of it. Is it's like Dick Tracy, remember him? Yeah, and you could do all sorts of things from the watch. All right, just like that. I I have an I have a, a, a watch, a smart watch. I'm not smart, but I have a smartphone, <laughs> a smart watch. So two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, fake right, it till you, you make it. Uh, next, then then Toyota went ahead and improved its TSS, which is an acronym for Toyota Safety Sense, which means they got sense, and it's right. the version 2.0. Okay. Um. There is an in, they oh this is a big one they increased the cargo capacity from yeah. to tur- 33, 23 cubic feet from seventeen point eight cubes That's, I didn't even know cubes was a unit of measurement cubic feet yeah it's cubic feet but we call it cubes I'll just sure. say cu- yeah because we're, we're on a we're first name basis with yeah. it it's cubes. cubes all right um and then there's an eight inch touch screen that has Apple CarPlay loaded behind it. All right. I like, uh, who doesn't like Apple CarPlay? I use that. I do, because you can also turn it on by your watch. Because oh, there's wearable stop with the watch stuff. connectivity. Do you know my favorite thing about the vehicle? Right now, tell me. It recognizes road signs. Oh, it does. When you pass one, it says, guess what you just passed? No, it doesn't. But it does come up on the screen and say, you know, that that's, mm-hmm. you just passed the 55 mile an hour sign. You can go faster now. That's it. Yeah. Not that I ever pay attention to those. Yeah. I'm already doing 55, but thanks. <laughs> more of a Thanks threat. for reinforcing what I was already <laughs> doing wrong. Yeah. You know. So those are, those are my favorite top 10 things that I gathered when I was just up inside the car. Take that, Porsche. Yeah, Porsche, you don't do that, right? I mean, no. it's just always on, which I can appreciate, but then yeah. you have to go through all sorts of trouble to turn it off. Yeah, and when somebody does something, and you, it's easier for you to learn by their mistakes. Yeah. I'm just saying. And Porsche, I, you, may have, you may have broken the mold, Porsche, but we refixed it and broke it in a better way. Yeah, I'm really good at turning things off quickly. Yeah, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. All right, more Our Auto Expert on the way. We hope we haven't turned you off quickly. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast.
Uh, this is our auto expert phone is on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at our auto expert. It's where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Automatic Andy is here with me and joining us on the phone is Anton Wallman. He is an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at the street and seeking alpha. So Anton, many things to talk to you about today, but let's start off with uh, a little math. Uh, because I know you like to start with math in the morning. So recently, many journalists got to drive the new Mercedes-Benz EQ, or Mercedes EQ, EQS. Uh, this vehicle, the EPA just rated the uh, the 450 plus version at 350 miles. And during the test drive, I decided to take it to the charging station and charged it to 80%, which it did in just a few minutes. It didn't take long at all to charge it. It seems to charge extremely fast. And at 80% on the dash, it showed me 333 miles on a single charge. So divide that by 80 times it by 100. That comes up to 416 miles on a single charge. Went back to Mercedes and said, is this correct? Is the software showing me something correct? And they said, it is not incorrect. But that's all they would tell me. Um, so what they're basically saying is that the vehicle has a lot longer range than the EPA is estimating, even with my aggressive style of driving. And that will be closer to what they were estimating the drives in, in Germany after sort of a deconstruction with some of the engineers they said you're the second person to notice this the uh, the other person was in Switzerland on the international drive uh, yes you will get a lot better range out of it than the EPA in the United States is estimating so wondering what your thoughts on that was well Nick there are two possibilities here assuming that you did not drive um extremely carefully which you are uh, certainly not known to do so i would not have assumed that in the first place but so let's let's take that as a granted that you drove uh no less economical than the average and possibly were a little bit more lead-footed that leaves us with two possibilities possibility number one nick is that the um heuristic algorithm that feeds into the estimated range is based not solely on your most recent 50 or 100 or 200 miles or however long you drove it on this particular drive, but it could have averaged uh, something going back further in time and then projected out into the future in terms of what you can expect. Because what the car does is to say, look, we're, we're kind of going back in time here. Some cars, they go back in time only minutes, others hours, and some other cars go back and look back even weeks in terms of and then the, the corresponding number of miles in terms of what it will assume for a uh, going forward projection. So that's possibility number one. Possibility number two, Nick, is what happened with the Porsche Taycan a little bit over a year ago, probably almost two years ago now when it first came out, Nick, and that is that everyone and their brother noticed that the Porsche Taycan right off the bat uh, was doing significantly better than the EPA estimate that Porsche had assigned to the vehicle. Porsche had assigned at around 200 miles, and almost nobody was able to get less 
than 250 miles. And eventually, as time has gone by here and Porsche has revised the numbers and all that, they've crept up their official rating. So it is now closer to, but not still not quite at the level where, where, that people are actually getting in normal uh, middle-of-the-road type of driving. So it is possible here, Nick, that Mercedes is simply being very conservative and that they go by the old axiom of under-promise and over-deliver, which certainly Porsche did all to a fault. Not all automakers do this, Nick, of course. Uh, most of them, in fact, do not. I would say most of them are very close to the real world average, but uh, some of them certainly uh, fall on either extreme. And perhaps, just perhaps, Mercedes is a little bit conservative here. Yeah, I think the one thing that they were they did reiterate with me is the 350 miles on a single range is an EPA number. So it's a formula they're given by the government that they execute and they come back with those numbers. And the second thing is the vehicles were supposed to be reset before I had approximately driven it 50 miles and then recharged it. So uh, the vehicle was actually supposed to be reset and it was only on my driving style. And, and you know, when you first get into electric car, when you're a journalist, you don't go crazy. But the one thing you want to do is see how the car responds. You want to see how it responds from an on-ramp. You want to see how it responds, you know, accelerating in and out of traffic. So you don't drive it how you would drive it every day. You want to push it to its limits a couple times to see, hey, it does this, it does that. It brakes well, it turns well, it accelerates well. So at least a portion of that drive was done heavy, heavy footed with a lead foot. So I'm sure I would have consumed more electricity than uh, the average driver would have done. Um, a portion of it was on freeway. A portion of it was was using their um, cruise control, the automatic cruise control feature. So some of it was probably better driving than the average driver would have gone. But all, all around, I should have got somewhere close to what the average driver would have got in, in all the driving conditions. So I can only think that... Uh, the battery actually does better than the EPA are estimating it to do. Yeah, so one of uh, the lessons I learned over the last 11 years that I've been having plug-in vehicles of various types, uh, purely battery electric vehicles, as well as plug-in hybrids, is that the early impressions, uh, I tend to be a little cautious with them in the sense that uh, after you've had the car for more than a week or two, in some cases more than a month or two, uh, things tend to settle in some direction or another. I, I've sometimes drawn uh, very radical conclusions based on the first day of driving, and it turns out that if I just gave it more time, uh, there has been a bit of a reversion to the mean to some extent. So I think that what we need here, and you may notice this yourself, Nick, having driven your uh, brand-new fancy uh, Ford Mustang Mach-E here now for at least a couple of weeks, is that maybe what you drew in terms of a conclusion after the first few hours behind the wheel may not be identical to your measurement or observed measurement that you've had after a couple of weeks behind the wheel. And in some cases, uh, you know, those discrepancies can be larger as opposed to smaller. Yeah, I mean, with that, it's completely the opposite. I'm getting less mileage than uh, than predicted. I'm predicted to get 260 miles out of a single charge, and I'm getting closer to 220. 
Um, and that's probably because... That's right. So you're really... I mean, I think that uh, the lesson here, Nick, is that uh, the initial observations from just a few short hours behind the wheel, uh, I think we should be a little careful in drawing too far-reaching conclusions from that. But I think what you're saying is that there is a possibility that we may have encountered here a case that is not too dissimilar from the Porsche Taycan almost two years ago that ended up getting far better than uh, what uh, the manufacturers told the EPA. Right. Let's move on to gas prices and electricity prices in Europe and Asia and uh, the Americas. They're climbing up in both instances. And uh, is that going to impact how the demand for cars, electric cars versus gas cars, is in the future? Because as prices change, our willingness to part with a gas car and move into an electric car changes. Our willingness to uh, continue with an electric car and purchase another one also changes. We're facing, Nick, uh, an almost simultaneous supply shock and a arguably uh, an effect of also too much money floating around, but in this case it's really a case of uh, supplies being more constrained on in terms of multiple types of fuels. We have uh, gas prices going through the roof. We also have electricity going prices going through the roof arguably even more. And that happened, that's happening both in North America and it's happening in Europe and it's happening in China. So right now the relative cost increases for owning a purely electric vehicle versus is owning a regular plain vanilla gasoline or diesel vehicle, the nominal numbers are moving rather quickly. But when we look at the average, the, the relative price movements, right now the electricity prices clearly over the last two months or so have risen far more and far faster than the gasoline prices. So I have not seen any data yet in terms of how this is impacting, because of course we have a lot of factors. We can't isolate this factor. We have so many other things going on here with subsidies and so forth. But this is something we really need to uh, monitor very carefully, Nick, because these are not small numbers. I mean, all of a sudden electricity prices in some European countries have like tripled or quadrupled in a couple of months. And uh, we see, uh, you know, the shortages of electricity in, in, in anywhere from California to China. China ended up effectively banning Bitcoin mining because they thought that the Bitcoin mining was consuming too much electricity, thereby increasing uh, electricity pricing from anything from, of course, home heating to uh, driving an electric vehicle. So these are pretty big uh, uh, changes afoot here, Nick. And uh, we, we're talking about no small points in society here. Now, we've been warned about uh, energy shortages for years, and uh, it's something we obviously got to monitor very carefully because it's going to be very difficult for people to charge their vehicles if there is no electricity. Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. You could read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. He joins us every week. There is nobody who is more informed about the electric uh, vehicle industry, autonomous cars, and the business in general. If you want to read Anton's uh, material, I suggest you go to the street or Seeking Alpha. If you want to listen to some of Anton's discussions about the automotive industry, you can always go to Our Auto Expert and click on the podcast. He appears on almost every show that we've ever done and uh, informs us of movements when it comes to the auto industry, movements when it comes to the electric car industry, and movements when it comes to the business of automotive industry because uh, it moves and it shakes extremely fast and he has his 
his finger on the pulse of what's coming, what's going, and some of the new vehicles that are coming out and how they function. And if you have any questions, uh, sure, send them my way because uh, I'm not intelligent enough to answer them, but Anton is definitely the guy to do it. Again, probably the most informed person about the automotive industry when it comes to electric, autonomous, and the business angle of things. There is more Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. 15,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream Our Auto Expert. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. Um, Andrew, the um, chip shortage is critical. What? It's actually t- two million and one. Oh. My my mom started listening. Okay. Da, I just did, want to let you know. Does she give you advice on what to say and what to do? No, can't nobody tell me nothing about cars. I'm an oh. expert. All right, there you go. Uh, the chip shortage is uh, getting worse. You know, I understand that. I went to Freddy's last night, and they did not have any ruffles oh, anymore. God at all no more uh, of the sour cream and onion i one. waste my day volkswagen will extend a production stop at one of its segments in a plant at the central state of publa that uh, produces <clears throat> the jetta model from october 6th to the what i want to move to publa <laughs> uh, my spanish isn't that great uh, from uh, from uh, the uh, to the, until the fifteenth, uh, the labor union documents have shown it comes as the industry is facing a worldwide semiconductor shortage after manufacturing shifted production towards laptops, cell phones, video games, and more during the pandemic. I blame the kids. It is the gamers. Yeah, they it's the gamers. They do because they, they ruin every, everything. You know, the rich kids need a new thing every three months. Yeah, just toss them away. Yep. I'm just telling you, they've ruined everything. They've ruined everything for us. The auto industry could be feeling the effects of the chip shortage until 2023. In a nutshell, while most tech insiders believe the chip shortage will really go until the second half of next year, automotive analysts are worried that their industry will not see a recovery until the first half of 2023. The global semiconductor shortage has been felt by many from the worst job from the worsened job situation directly impacting consumers fearing that they will not be able to get cars, buy cars, uh, also card holders. Uh, cons- it's doing things like stopping console manufacturers, stopping screen manufacturers, everything that has a chip in it in a car. The hardest hit automotive, in- the automotive industry is actually the hardest hit industry, uh, which most consulting firms agree has uh, suffered $210 billion hit this year, um, doubling what some of the other industries have uh, hit. Dang. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of money to lose in yeah. one single year. A driver in China, in China successfully sues Tesla for fraud. Uh, Tesla has had a run of bad publicity in China, continuing after a disgruntled Chinese driver successfully sued the electric vehicle company, uh, the maker for fraud. A Chinese driver has successfully sued the company uh, over a, a purchase of a vehicle uh, it's his second-hand made Tesla Model S. 
adding to that real setback for the company, for Elon Musk and the company, uh, the pioneering company uh, in China had really lost this court case because they mis they were found to have misrepresented misrepresentative misrepresented mm -hmm. the company's uh, product and uh, the gentleman in question brought a model of the Tesla car for 379700 yuan which is $58,700 I think about $59,000 depending on the exchange rate wow. he uh, the automotive official uh, the official used the platform to buy the vehicle and according to a copy of the verdict that he posted online, uh, the car was found to have under undergone major repairs following an earlier accident. Uh, with the court had said that the repairs weren't done properly and they had structural changes to the vehicle, which he had complained about because Tesla had redone the repairs. Um, and Tesla said they had not done structural repairs to the vehicle. Uh, he got three times the amount of the car back in damages, uh, a total payout of 1.5 billion yuan, uh, yuan, according to a copy of the verdict. The California-based Tesla has been hit with such a large penalty in China, which has never really happened before, according to uh, reports out of China. Uh, two other people are, are um, going to court for similar problems that they have had with Tesla. Looks like that's going to happen. And the Czech Republic will uh, fight the EU in court over their ban on combustion engines, according to the Czech Prime Minister. Uh, the EU, who recently banned combustion engines uh, coming in the future, is getting a lawsuit by the Czech government, who says that, and by the way, the Czechs rely, rely on the production of, uh, of gasoline vehicles. It's big in Czechoslovakia. They produce a lot of gasoline vehicles in factories there. So they've decided to sue the EU. Uh, I didn't know that. I can't imagine that. To, to I think Land Rover produce uh, vehicles in the Czech Republic. Mother Russia? Uh, well, different now. Oh. Used to be all part of the Mother Russia. Oh, yeah. Now it's the USS No More. The USS No More? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard that before. You're, well, I want to go over there and help out. You do? I mean, I don't would know you, what I can do, but... I Would you work on a, a production line making cars? Ooh... It depends on it's what so, part of the car. It's so, oh really? Yeah. Wait, do you bolt on the wheels. Or? It, yeah, the wheels, maybe like entry level wheels. But then, like when I retire, I want to be putting in cup holders. <laughs> as one retire being a cup. I holder I think you putter. put more than cup holders. I think that like the whole <laughs> thing goes in as one. Yeah, I'd put little, I would leave little treats and snacks. You would. Mm -hmm. You might not pass a, a quality control if you left left like you know. Not my problem. Jolly Rogers in there. Yeah. <laughs> Jolly yeah, Rogers. With yeah. a post-it. Yeah. Congratulations no, on your new car. This Jolly Rogers on me. Love, Automatic Andy. Yeah, you're welcome. Wink. <laughs> a tw oh. What about a Twinkie? Winky. Oh, no. And see, now we have a problem. Would you have to do it by brand? Like, would you have to leave a little can of caviar if you were making Rolls Royces? Yeah. Like a, but not not a huge gaudy like big one. Just like for you and the person in the back. Because I know you, whoever's buying it's not driving it. You know what I mean? Well, it depends what kind of Rolls Royce it was. The Cullinan. What what would you leave in a mini if you made a mini? In what a would mini? You, yeah, what would you leave in the in in the? A five dollar Jack in the Box gift card. Really? Mm -hmm. That's how you see mini owners. Well, I, minis used to be my dream car until I sat in one. And I don't fit in it. Oh yeah. I'm well, the same there's, size. There's bigger one. minis. You don't have to have that size. There's a big mini. Well, I've, no, I'm off. There's a countryman. 
That is my favorite one. Is the it? Countryman and the Clubman. Yeah, yeah well, the Clubman with the square doors at the back. Oh, uh, yeah, I like those ones. You know what? I leave in the mini in the cup holder if I was making them as a gift for the next owner. Nutella? Sausage roll. Ah! You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. Yeah.